All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this May Day edition of South Dakota Game Fishing Parks Cast Podcast and Blast. I am communication specialist Chris Hall. I think going out on a limb. Think spring is here, folks. I think uh, Mother Nature and uh, Old Man Winter have decided to maybe take a chill pill for the next eight months, hopefully. And uh, I think spring is here. Fish are biting. I hear, you know, the ice is clearing. I, I think I see today that uh, like Blue Dog was open, so up in that Wabe Webster area. But I know once you get north of there, there's still some ice. But there's people spearing. There's fish running. Uh, fish are biting on the river systems. Um, it's just good to have that winter behind us. So let's celebrate. A uh, little bit of a difference episode for you today. Spring means, you know, starting to think about camping and state parks. And, you know, we have a, really do have a world-class park system here. And I probably don't talk about it enough here. But for most people, you know, you're thinking parks you're thinking camping and fishing and skiing and beaching it and s'mores and stuff. And we're going to feature a state park today up in my original neck of the woods at Fort Siston. Now, there is a little bit of camping there and there's, you know, amazing fishing in the area. But Fort Siston is a historical state park, which is really cool. Um, some living history, some old original, you know, prairie fort buildings, frontier fort buildings. But there's also some ghosts there and some ghost history. So we decided to talk ghosts in Fort Siston. And my man, Nick Harrington, my sometimes co-pilot, has said repeatedly this is his favorite podcast that we've done. So take a listen. Back to another edition of the Game Fishing Parks Podcast and Blast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Hall, and once again, joined by... Nick Harrington here. Once again, I was not going to miss the opportunities to talk about gold. I was not going to miss it. <laughs> our, our special guest, our gal on the hot seat, is... Allie Tonsfeld, and Allie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're at and what you do? Yeah, well, you know, I'm Allie Tonsfeld. I'm the park manager here at Fort Sisseton Historic State Park, which is kind of cool because we're the only historic park in the state of South Dakota, and we have a lot of ghosts, so I was excited to talk about this. Um, I have been working in museums and in history for over 16 years, so I have a lot of ghost stories. Um, I would say probably museums are probably one of the most haunted places just because we have everybody's, you know, items and right. mysteries and stories to go with them. So, yeah. This could be a seven-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick was like, there's no way I'm not doing this one. Um, Allie, so, Fort, the Fort has, has, a, has a giant, um, like, awesome spot in my heart. I'm from up in Siston, as you know, and, and every, you know, first week in June, we'd go up and camp and do the historical festival and everything and that park is you know as far as you know you think of state parks and you know all the camping and all that all that mm -hmm. and while while you have some camping it's probably one of the most low-key like dynamic living parks that we have and and we can get into some of that before we get into the 
like when I was a kid, Fort System was out just kind of on this hill, right? And there wasn't the water around and it wasn't, I had a hard time and, and even adults had a hard time explaining why I put the park there and then, or why I put the fort there rather. And then the water comes and if you see it, right, you can see why, oh, this would be a perfect mm-hmm. place for, you know, a, a safe place, a safe haven. Talk a little bit about the history of the fort and, you know, why it was there, when it was built and that kind of stuff before we get into the really juicy tidbits. <laughs> yeah, so the fort was created in 1864 and the purpose of the Frontier Army Fort. Now, do you realize when we talk Frontier Army, we're talking forts west of the Mississippi. And that's really key because they were ran differently than politically different, um, the dynamic, social difference and everything like that. And the reason we were created because there was a cry for protection, cry for protection against um, what they would call the attacks by the Native Americans at that time. You know, we had the massacre of 1862 in Minnesota that, you know, a lot of settlers were killed there. And so it was a cry for protection for those who tribes who were willing to work with the government or understanding that the government life was changing for them. But it was also a cry for the settlers here, too. And so um, we were built. um, First, Fort Abercrombie was created, which is right on the river. And then they're like, okay, we need one in the northeast South Dakota. And so they looked at the James River over by where the Britain area is. And what happened is they got there and they realized, oh, my goodness, they don't have the clay that is needed. They don't have the supply of wood. You know, they have a lot of willows and cottons and Anybody who's ever tried to build out of a willow and cotton know that, no, they don't work well for buildings. (laughs) (laughs) And so what they started to do is talking to the local tribe. They also talked to French fur traders and said, where do we need to build? And so they actually brought them to the Coteau and um, said, this would be a great spot. You know, it has your clay. It has your food. It has your water. It has your stone. You know, it has everything you need to survive. And so they brought them to the Coteau. So that is why we're actually, if you look at all the Frontier Army forts, we're one of the only ones not located on our major uh, riverway or a waterway. And it's because we could not survive. And so the fort was built here in 1864. It was a group of volunteers uh, from Wisconsin who marched across. Um, And it's kind of interesting because when they start talking about Um, In their diaries about the location, they're like, it's beautiful. You know, you have this rolling hills, you got this water, you got this landscape, but it's very desolate, very lonely. There's nobody out here. Um, And again, these guys are 15, 16, 17-year-old males who are building this because all the older ones are already off at the Civil War. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so... um, was that the, they started building the barracks, they started living in harsh conditions. And the thing is, is they ended up with a blizzard within like the first month of being here at the fort because they got here so late in the year. And so men were starving. Men were, you know, getting frostbite. They were, um, actually our first man froze to death and died within two weeks of being here at the fort because they just weren't used to this living condition. And that's when the Sisseton tribe came in and stepped up and said, knew that they could help us and save us. And they literally saved the men. So we were called Fort Wadsworth first. 
And then in 1870, because there was a Fort Wadsworth located in New York, a lot of our equipment was being shipped to New York instead of to the Dakota Territory. And that's when we changed our name to Fort Sisseton in honor of the tribe because of everything that they did for us. Because, again, our men would have probably perished that first year just because of the harsh climate and conditions that are actually here on the Coteau that a lot of people don't realize that occur during the wintertime. So. Yeah, and we were just talking. It was 90 degrees in Pierre, and Allie said, oh, it was 47 here, and they were happy to have it. I was going to say, I think this would be like the first warning sign, right? Like, why is Walt's family still up there? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, nobody wants our snow. You know, we have eight-feet drifts. Nobody wants that for some reason. I don't know why. You know, everybody's worried about drought season. We're like, flooding season is our concern. I I know. it's That's something everybody's worried about up there, and, and... Certainly talking about it. Okay, there's tons of stuff that I could go into a million rabbit holes because, like I said, this is one of my favorite places in the entire world. Yep. But uh, so you got all this history, you know, 1860s and people dying and people coming and going, and there was never any major battles or anything fought there. But like you said, when you have museums and you have these things, there are ghosts. And that's the main reason why Nick is bouncing his knees up and down and shaking the table. If you can hear it on the podcast, I'm sorry, but um, Fort Sisten has a long, a long history of yes. even when I was a little kid, people talked about ghosts and you've done um, some ghost tour stuff, but we're going to talk about that later. First, yep. let's get into some ghosts. Nick, I know you've got a question or whatever, so go ahead. I'm going to get out of the way. All right. All right. <laughs> so I, I've been doing some writing. I've been doing some background because right? we've got, you've done conservation digest stories. I think we've done some, some videos too. I'm tracking three popular fort ghosts, the, the lady in white, the little boy, and the buffalo soldier. I mean, are those the three most common? Are those are there other ones? I mean, tell me a little bit about what, what do we got here? So, okay. So, yeah, those are probably our three most common seen ghosts. Um, and each one has a very unique story and history, of course, to go with it. Um, so, we'll start with the buffalo soldier. So the Buffalo Soldier, anybody who knows a Buffalo Soldier, it is a African soldier who joined the Union Army. Uh, They were segregated, but um, they actually were very popular out on the Frontier Army due to a Buffalo Soldier could actually gain rank and status and become Brigadier Generals versus if they were on like the Eastern Coast. And so Buffalo Soldiers actually built over about five of our buildings here at the fort. And what's fascinating is the most haunted building is one of our jailhouse. And they actually came in, they built our jailhouse. Because military life knows that, uh, you know, you could get in trouble for just walking across the grass or not yielding to a lady on the sidewalk. And so punishment, be put in jail, maybe solitary confinement. And so... Um, what's interesting is our Buffalo Soldier there has been seen multiple times during like weddings. Um, we've actually had people um, walk by it and see a Buffalo Soldier stick their head out of the door. Um, and then when they go look, there's nobody in the building. Um, we've had candlelight moving in the North Bear, uh, sorry, in the jailhouse um, when we were given lantern tours or tours. Yet I know nobody's there because I have the keys. <laughs> and the doors are locked. Um, and so, but our pro- most fascinating part of that Buffalo Soldier is in the 1990s, when Fort Sisseton was getting restored, we had payphones up here. 
And for those who don't know what those are, you can Google it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we would have uh, inmates from Sioux Falls come up and actually work on our buildings. And they would come on Monday, leave on Thursday. And um, one of the payphones was by the jailhouse. And they had a, a guard there who was talking on the phone to Sioux Falls, talking about the upcoming inmates. And all of a sudden, he feels somebody taps his, on his shoulder, and he turns around, and there's a full-fledged Buffalo soldier staring at him. And, like, it kind of freaked him out, you know? I mean, he continued working, but he refused to work at night because of it. Um, and so that's kind of our Buffalo soldier. Now, he does move. Um, so one, when I first started, three weeks into my job, I my desk used to face, my back used to face the door. And I was, it was 10 o'clock at night. My back is to the door. And I got that like eerie, creepy feeling somebody is watching you. And I turned around. It's like a horror story feeling, you know, right. you know, because uh-huh. you got that feeling. And I turned around and there is a Buffalo soldier standing at my office door. And I, I, I've dealt with ghosts before. I had been warned that there's ghosts here. And I remember thinking, okay, that's my sign that it's time to go to go home. So I just got my keys. I don't even think I locked the door, honestly. And I just kind of laughed because I was like, okay, you know, um, but that's our Buffalo soldier. You know, he's been seen in the North Barracks, but mainly around that guardhouse. Now, the reason we think he's around the guardhouse is because when you come to the fort, there is five very distinct names carved into the jailhouse. And they are Buffalo soldiers from the 25th Infantry. And so we don't know if he's one of those. Um, if he helped build it, maybe he was put into the guardhouse because of punishment. So, um, but that's kind of cool. So yeah, the 25th Infantry, which is a Buffalo soldier, their names are carved on our wall right there at the jailhouse where he's seen. So yep, kinda cool. I've, I've seen that and that's really cool. And the one thing I've never asked is, is there any historical records about any of those Buffalo soldiers like dying in, at the fort or anything like that? So we do have a couple of deaths. Uh, I think we have a few Buffalo soldiers who have passed away. We also do have um, some court martial records of a couple of the Buffalo soldiers. So yeah, and a couple of two of the names that are engraved on the wall were put in the jail, court martialed and sent on to Leavenworth. And one of them was hung for his punishment. So Mm -hmm. now he was not hung at the fort. He was hung at Leavenworth. So yeah. So again, we don't know if that is part of... um, the history and that's maybe why he stays around. Maybe he remembers Leavenworth and he's up here, you know, because we were a fun place for him. Um, And that's one of the things that's very interesting. If you read into ghost stories and history and why spirits stay around, they say that sometimes it's not just because they're sad, but it was like where they were happy or like the most happy at. And you got to remember the, a lot of these Buffalo soldiers were slaves that escaped from the South and became part of the military. And so for them, this was freedom. It was a way to make money, to have a house, to have food and stuff like that. You know, so maybe Fort Sisseton is where he was the happiest. And that is why he's still around today. So So that that's kind of interesting to me, because, I mean, traditionally in your head, you think all these ghosts are sad places. I mean, graveyards get the rap for it. But in reality, when you talk about these status, it's, you know, massacres, wars, things like that. But that's interesting that they're going because that's where they were happiest. I'd never heard that before. And. I, I think I'd seen like every episode of Ghost Adventures too. So, I mean, <laughs> like, that's a new perspective that I, I like a lot more. Yeah, well, and that's why museums have a lot of ghosts is because they're attached to their items. And that's one yeah. of the things, you know, we have their people's personal items. And I've seen it where like, 
uh, watch of grandma's all of a sudden is, you know, has gone from one desk to another and, but it was her favorite watch. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a memory. Um, the second one that you asked about, we'll talk about the white lady in white, probably our most popular one. Um, this one I've seen so many times. Um, so in 1870s, just a little history in 1870s, we had a really bad outbreak of bed, bed bugs. Like so bad, like the the bird's nest were loaded with them and were moving across the buildings. Um, this was in our uh, north, the barracks and the officers' uh, quarters, you name it. And the ladies were in charge because, of course, we didn't have chemicals to kill them off at that time. The ladies were in charge of burning bed bugs off the wall. And so this lady in white is seen commonly in our commanding officer's quarters, and she's usually carrying a candle with her. And so we don't know if she's burning bed bugs. That's kind of what we think is she's burning bed bugs. She was a servant. Now, the lady in white is seen. Uh, we actually have seen her walk out of the building. We had a volunteer. And this is so cute. He would always like, we would tell him ghost stories. He's been a volunteer for 15 years. And he's like, oh, that's adorable. That's adorable. You know, kind of didn't believe any of us. And all of a sudden he was working an event. And this lady walks by him who's Victorian dress in a white dress and walked out of the commanding officers, went right by him and went into the officer's quarters. And he kind of knows everybody because he's been here for so long. So he turned around to ask where she was going and who she was. And she was gone. And it was funny because we're like, he's telling us a story. And we're like, well, welcome to meeting the lady in white. So now she, he believes in ghosts. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but the lady in white, um, like I said, she's seen walking up and upstairs in our commanding officer's quarters between the windows. Um, again, she's holding a candle like to the wall. So we don't know if she's burning the bed bugs off or if she's taking care of children. Um, we have about five to six ladies who have died at the fort and were buried in our cemetery. Um, childbirth, um, diseases, you know, very common back then. Um, but my favorite story with Lady in White is we had a little girl who went on our lantern tour, which we do um, every month on the last Saturday of the month. We go through these buildings, tell more ghost stories, you know, tell the history of the place. And she was so excited she wanted to see a ghost. Well, she didn't that night. So her and her dad came camping the following weekend, and they asked permission if they could actually stay out and watch for the lady in white. Because we also know that she has been seen about 3 o'clock and between 3 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. And we said yes. We gave permission. I said only if your dad, you know, if your dad will be with you. Right. And so they sat out there, and the dad's snoring. He fell asleep trying to look for ghosts. And um, she's wide awake. She's like 10 years old. It was so cute. And all of a sudden, about 3.15, she wakes her dad up. Dad, dad, there's the lady in white. And they actually have photos um, of the lady in white. You can see the outline. You can kind of see the candle of in the middle window of the commanding officer's quarter. She was so excited. It made her day um, okay. with her lady white. Yeah. So she's been seen there. Um, we've had camp posts who uh, look out of their campers because they're right behind the commanding officers and the officer's quarters where she's seen. And all of a sudden candlelight is burning in the buildings and they know that there should not be anything. Cause again, we all have the keys, all the buildings are locked, security systems aren't going off, you name it. Um, and our lady in white is there. So yeah, she's probably our most popular scene. We, she's seen during historical festival. Um, we have soldiers who are doing reenactments, staying there. Um, we'll all of a sudden have the lady. She'll just appear in front of you. But she is actually a full figure um, uh, apparition. So you can actually see her. She's just, it's, she's very unique because she has kind of like this, I call it like a fog where you can actually see through her. But like 
you're you see somebody. But she's I will say this, whenever she's around, everybody who's ever seen her says she's really sad. Um, so we're wondering if she was maybe one of those who died in childbirth or lost her child or something like that. Um, but yeah, she's very much seen on lantern tours, um, during historical festivals, anytime we're really busy. When we did our ghost investigation, they got video of her walking from one room to another room. You can actually see the figure going across, um, which is interesting. Um, and we've never actually had her speak to any of us. You just, you just see her. She's just an apparition. Mm -hmm. It's almost like she goes on with her day, kind of like, and I don't know if she doesn't realize she's dead or, or anything right. like that. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Our lady in white is so, but she shows up to anybody and especially three o'clock in the morning, between three and three 30. If you really want to see a ghost, we'll like, give you permission to sit out there and look for it. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a new updated timeline. This could be an 11 hour podcast. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, my, my question here would be, are, there's, so we talked about one, the Buffalo soldier, this could be his happy place. This lady in white, it could be her sad place. I mean, what do you feel these ghosts, she seems so, so sad. I mean, are they living their lives as if it was the 1800s or their time period they were in? I mean, are they interacting with people like a day-to-day -day thing and they know people are at the fort? I mean, what do you think is, is the factor here? Or do we just, the more people at the fort, the more likely they are to see her because she's just going about her, going about her chores. I mean, what do you think? I, so, you know, if you would have asked me like 15 years ago, I said, you're all crazy, first of all. Um, but working more in museums and stuff like that, I, it's very fascinating and it's kind of hard to grasp exactly I think the lady in white just goes on with her day. I think she doesn't know she's passed away. I don't think she has moved on um, because like I said, we were uh, a story about the lady in white real quick. We were in there working on uh, re some of the um, remodeling of it. And um, this clock that hasn't worked in 20 some years started working all of a sudden and it went for seven hours. And it's one of those you have to hand crank. And so jokingly, the next day, my employee that I was with walks in and says, okay, lady in white, we're here again. If you're here with us, you know, um, make the clock start again. Well, nothing happened. And we walk into a different room and all of a sudden we hear the clock going again. Um, so I think the reason she shows up more when people are there is because she has the energy to show up to let us know that she's there. Um, at the same time, I don't think she's quite understand that she, it's a different time, it, you know, it's almost like a fifth element kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. it really is. Now the Buffalo soldier, just because of the way he interacts and he shows up during weddings and stuff like that, I think he knows and he's here just to stay and he watches what we do at the fort. I mean, to come to my office and know that it's an office when at one time it was just the barracks, he knows um, and he interacts that way. Um, the little boy he knows he's dead uh, because he interacts. We've had campers actually say they, they've seen him in their campers. Um, he's been in there in the comfort station, um, scared the Dickens out of one lady who's never will camp again, she said. Um, <laughs> and the only reason she, she's, she put it like this. I should explain this one. She said she's height maintenance, but her boyfriend talked her into camping for once. <laughs> and they rented a cabin and she really had to use the bathroom at two in the morning. She hates the outdoors. She hates coyotes, you name it. And so she had to go bad enough that she finally talked herself into walking to our comfort station, which is not that far away. And she said she sees this little boy in the corner at two in the morning. Didn't think anything of it until she walked into the ladies room and was like, wait, why is there a little boy in the comfort station at two in the morning? 
runs out there, realizes that the boy that she saw is not dressed like today's clothing at all, freaked her out, made her boyfriend pack up that night, and they left. And she's never gone camping again. (laughs) Um, But our little boy has actually, um, the little boy has actually grabbed the hand of guests and walk with them, especially women who are moms. Um, We've actually had kids look at us and say, we're like, who are you playing with? And they're like, can't you see the little boy in front of you? Um, And so I had a camp host last year whose kids would be like, yeah, we're going to go play with the little boy now and just would go play. But adults didn't see him, but you could, the little kids did. Yeah, I know. I know this is, this is the one that I've never seen any of them, but Uh this is the one that some of my friends have seen when they were doing the melodrama, getting ready for the the festival and they were doing like a run through and like there was a little boy outside and kind of peeking in and out and like mm-hmm. watching them practice. And then like, I think it was the director of the play was like, you know, get back in here and yelling at the ghost. And yeah. like, and everybody's like, well, we're all here. And it's like, well, whose kid is that outside then? And everybody like looked and then it was gone. He was yeah. gone. So yeah. go ahead and finish yeah. that story. No, no, you're good. Cause yeah, the little boy is um, seen everywhere. We've had guests be like, I actually had a guest one time call me at like 10 o'clock at night saying that we locked a kid in the, in the North barracks. And I'm like, what the heck? And of course our alarm systems aren't going off, which is weird. And so I run over thinking, who the heck did we lock in here? And I searched and there was nobody. She goes, I swear his face was pressed against the window and they actually had a picture and you can kind of see two hands next to a face peering through a window in the North barracks. Um, I had a pregnant, Oh, I had a pregnant, um, seasonal and the little boy would follow her around all the time and would like play with like she would be cleaning like a historical building and then she put all the toys away and clean the toys and then next you know the toys are out on the floor and um and and she's like I just put those away um we did a ghost investigation last year um last October this was kind of creepy a little bit and we're in there and we're talking and one of our ghost investigators has soundproof headphones on and he's actually in a different room and he has a white noise box and um, it rotates through the radio frequency so fast that it voices can be heard. And all of a sudden we get a little boy's voice coming across and we asked a name and his name, his name was Lucas. And um, we're like, do you know anybody in this room, Lucas? And he goes, yeah, I know Allie. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He goes, and then he's like, we're like, Lucas is like, I'm going to go upstairs in the building. And we're like, can we go with you? And he goes, yeah, only Allie and the women. And I'm like, oh, thank the Lord, because I was not going to go upstairs by myself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Lucas, now what's fascinating is in the 1920s, we actually had a young boy. We believe his name was Lucas drown in the lake next to us in Cattell Kettle Lake. So we believe he is actually the ghost of that little boy um, because people would come out here, you know, fishing and things like that. Right. So we believe it's him. But yeah, he has been seen by many people. We had one lady who comes to me and she's kind of standing at our front desk and you could tell she wanted to talk to you, but she didn't want to talk. So I, after I got taken care of everybody else in the North Barracks at that moment, I looked at her and I said, can I help you? And she goes, I got a weird question and you're going to think I'm crazy. And of course, I'm thinking I doubt that. I've been asked a lot of weird questions. That's my job. <laughs> and she goes, do you have ghosts? 
And I never know how to answer that because some people get really upset with ghost stories and some don't. And I said, why do you ask? And she goes, I'm going to tell you a story. I said, okay. She goes, last night I was in my camper and I woke up and it's about two o'clock and our camper has our bed facing our kitchen, you know? And she said, I look over at our kitchen table and there's this little boy sitting there just staring at us. And she goes, he didn't do anything. In fact, I told him to go home and I went back to sleep. And I said, well, I go, you know, we do have ghosts. And I think you met our little boy. And I asked her to describe him. And she described it exactly like everybody else has described our little boy. And we don't just tell anybody with our description of our little boy because right. we mm-hmm. want to make sure it's who it is. But yeah, he's actually gone into a couple campers now. And and everything has visited people in there. Um, children, yeah, like I said, play with them and, and things like that. It's just, it's crazy. So, but we believe it's our Lu- Lucas who ended up dying in our, in our, in our lake right next to us. So just kind of sad, but yeah, that's our, that's our little boy story. Um, you see it all the time. He likes to, oh, I remember we were doing a ghost investigation and they put a little ball out and we're sitting on the floor and it hasn't moved or anything like that. And we asked that the little boy was there and it's, he said, yes. He's here. And we said, okay, make the ball move. And the next day I know the ball starts moving across the floor. And so, yeah, he, our little boy will interact with you. The Buffalo soldier's there. He watches you. His presence is there. The lady in white, you just see, she doesn't interact with you, but our little boy actually will interact with people, which is kind of scary for those who have never had a you know, experience ever before. So, yeah. Allie, talk a little bit about, you You mentioned just briefly, you know, the ghost investigations and stuff, but talk about the lan- your lantern walks and when they are and how people can get involved in those and what those entail, because that's like one of the coolest things that we're doing. It, it really has, like, I haven't been there, but people that I know really well have, and they just love it. So talk about yeah. that. Our lantern tours are actually a lot of fun. So in most of our buildings, we don't have electricity. And so it's kind of fun to see what the fort looked like at night, do that kerosene lantern. And we actually use kerosene lanterns. And we go through, it's the last Saturday of every month. Uh, usually starts at 930 at night in the summertime because the sunshine is, you know, the sun is still sunny at that time. Um, but we start at the North Barracks. We go through, we talk about kind of the social life of the fort, what it was like. Think about going back to the 1800s. And then, of course, we tell the ghost stories. You know, like, Nick, what you were said earlier, a lot of times ghost stories are due to tragedy. And there was a lot of tragedy here. You know, the loneliness, the mental aspect, PTSD, you name it. And so we talk ghost stories and we go through the different buildings telling our ghost stories, our different experiences. Nick, you're right. This could be a seven-hour podcast with all the ghost stories. We, we <laughs> haven't even hit the ones that just happened last week, you know. <laughs> um, you know, and so we go through, tell the ghost stories. We go through all the buildings. And like I said, we tell not just the ghost stories, though, but kind of get you in the social aspect of what it was like in the 1800s. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, but what's really neat is because it's kerosene, you know, and you have that feeling. Um, we have seen a couple ghosts and have a couple of things that have happened during our lantern tour, but our goal is not to scare you. We don't have anybody jumping out. It's to tell the stories. And if something happens, that's kind of cool. Um, we had a group of kids come from Minnesota and they were all kind of disappointed. And it happens that the lady in white ended up showing up on the COQ as we were putting the lanterns away. So we knew that no lights were flat, you know, 
reflecting off of anything like that. Right. And they were so excited to go back to Minnesota and tell them about their ghost experience. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, but that's our Lantern Tours. Like I said, it's the last Saturday of every month. Um, best way to find out more information is Facebook. You do not need to sign up for it. There is no charge for it. You just basically show up. But if you do have a large group, we do kind of like a head notice of anything like 10 or more, just so we can make sure we have enough lanterns for everybody. Sure. So, and But it's good for kids, uh, too. So, you know. It, it is the darkest and most quiet place in the world i mean even i remember being a kid and we would we would tent camp during the festival and and later when i got older we were doing you know food like running indian tacos and stuff but we would always go up there and in the middle of the there's people everywhere and in the middle of the night you'd wake up and it would be so eerily quiet and you know there's people there it's not like mm -hmm. abandoned there's people everywhere so eerily quiet and so dark and and it's just one of those places that that you know there's a lot of things that have happened there and it's still like i said at the beginning of the podcast it's not static it's very much a living place and that's a lot to do with Allie and her staff for sure yeah yeah and and you're right it is very quiet and and that's why it, it's neat to go with the lantern tour because we don't have that extra electricity in the buildings you don't have that light you know yeah. the artificial light you got the moon you got the sun um, you, well, the moon and the stars, sorry, you don't get the sun at night, sorry. <laughs> but you uh, sometimes we've even had fog, ground fog roll in while we're doing the lantern tours, you know, yeah. and just, and, and it's quiet. You got the birds, you got the animals, you got the crickets, you got the night sounds going, and all you have is a lantern. And you'd be surprised how much light five kerosene lanterns can actually put out that dark. And you can watch the stars as we're walking. I mean, we've seen so many shooting stars. You're right. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And that's because we don't, we lack that artificial light that a lot of people get from other campgrounds and stuff like that. Cause we are a smaller campground and a yep. smaller location. So, but it's beautiful. So beautiful. Great place for stargazing. That is for sure. So, so Allie, this kind of leads me. I mean, you got people like me that are really interested in this type of stuff. But I mean, what's your average visitor? I mean, are they there simply, are they there for the ghosts? Are they there for the history? Or are they there for this really, really unique park that we have and, and just different places in the world to be? I mean, what, what motivates people to come to the fort? Um, I would say day use, it would be because of the uniqueness. It is so different being, I mean, we're a military fort that was built in 1860s and still have 14 of the original buildings. Each one hand carved out of stone or handmade out of bricks, you know, um, and we these buildings have been restored. You know, we started doing restoration about four years ago as to the inside of these buildings, returning them to the 1860s. So when you walk in, you actually had the feeling that the commanding officer could really step around the outside, you know, from outside and and talk to you and or the doctor's wife, you know, and that was the whole purpose is to get you that feeling that you're back into 1860s. And that's why we started doing the restoration pro progress. And so, I mean, honestly, we get a lot of history lovers that show up because it is one of the better restored original forts that is there. Um, it, it's actually in the United States, especially in the Midwest. And so a lot of people come for the history. They come from the uniqueness because when you step out and you look to the South, and there's no houses, there's no buildings, it is prairie grass, it is hills, it is lakes, 
you realize how lonely those soldiers were out here in 1800s, how lonely it was. And anybody who knows anything about mental health can understand why it played so much on them, you know. Um, and then when you start getting into World War II history with the bombing range and the WPA during the depression here at the fort, I mean, that's even more history that you can understand once you step out. Um, and I think that's what's so unique about the fort. We get a lot of users who said well, they came by mistake, but they're staying, they would love to stay forever because as soon as they step out of their vehicle, you cannot help loving Fort Sisseton because of the uniqueness of the forts, in all honesty. Um, you're right, we don't have the beaches and yes, we have lakes to go fishing, but they may not be right next door, but there's a uniqueness about the fort that just grabs you and holds onto you and, and, and clings to you. And that is why people come back over and over, no matter how much. Um, as for ghosts, for those people who love ghosts, I think that's why our lantern tours gets very popular. Um, and we have, we actually do lantern tours for private groups too, you know, who call and say, I have 20 some people coming because, you know, they want that ghost story and they're hoping to see a ghost. But there's something about when you can put history and ghost stories together, it's intriguing. And you, it, it's because it's an unknown. It's an unknown when it comes to ghosts. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head there on, on a lot of things too. And, you know, I, I've done a couple of these ghost tours and you're right. I mean, it's not there for the hop out, haha, gotcha. It's when you can talk about what life was like and get a different perspective, which I hope everybody's getting here in this last 35 minutes or so that we've had. Um, but I mean, I think seriously, you hit the nail on the head. This makes it such a unique opportunity that we have here in South Dakota in such a unique state park. It's it's not all Custer State Park. It's not all Lewis and Clark uh, Lake. It's it's these types of activities too. So getting involved, I mean, we've got camping, we've got the lantern tours. I think uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with the festival, but I mean, what other types of events do you have for people to to come experience this? I mean, ghosts, no ghosts, or just experience <laughs> the history. Yeah, so yeah, and, and that's one thing that's really a lot of fun about Fort Sisseton is you can experience history, you can experience ghosts, you can experience a little bit of everything. Um, so for those who do really love ghosts, we actually do a public ghost investigation. It is a fundraiser for the fort where the funds actually stay at Fort Sisseton. And that's usually the first or second weekend in October. And we actually have professional ghost investigators um, from Minnesota and Iowa who come and lead you on these ghost tours. And it's not even a tour, I shouldn't call it, it's an investigation. So they actually give you the equipment to use and help you learn how to use it, what we're looking for in ghost experiences. They show evidence. Um, last year, when we did it, we're sitting there with, uh, they brought out equipment, like I said, the white box and the, and the soundproof headphones. And the guy literally could not, did not know that anything that was going on or being asked. And he just repeated the sound, the words that came out of the box. And that was fun because we had some people who were like, oh, ghosts, who knows about them? And we're sitting there and I'm with the group and we're in the hospital, you guys. And the group asked a question. We're like, do you know anybody here? And they're like, Allie's here. And I said, yep, Allie's here. And they're like, I, I said something about Jason, you know, starting to do, you know, uh, work on the hospital. Are you excited about it? And he goes, Jason, your husband, this well. is what the ghost <laughs> says. And I go, um, yes, 
Jason, my husband. And I've never, ever once said anything about my husband being Jason up to the ghost. It's always been, I'm just Allie. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the ghost goes, he's a good guy. And I'm like, yes, he is. And the look on my ghost people's, like the faces of the people that were with us, the public was like, oh my gosh, who's this Jason? I'm like, well, Jason's my husband. He works here at the fort. He's the maintenance guy. And that just got awkward. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it was funny because the guy's like, I didn't believe in ghosts until now. I go, yeah, yeah, this is why we believe in ghosts here, you know. Yeah. Um, and so the ghost investigation, like I said, we do a Friday night and a Saturday night. We have a meal. You have it. You get a T-shirt. And you actually get to go until 3 o'clock in the morning if you want with the ghost investigators. And we do all the buildings. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Um, they train, teach you how to use the equipment. Um, we've had people get video. We've had people get um, pictures from the ghost investigation. You just, it, it's amazing. So, um, and that will be more information on our Facebook. Um, also at the fort, though, for those who love history, we actually have a big game of Clue that goes throughout the park where you can, you do it on your own time. And if you love Clue, it's great. You figure out who murdered who, where it took place, um, what the weapon was. And of course, all the weapons are like historical stuff. So it's a lot of fun. And then we always kill off one of my employees. Like I was killed <laughs> last year. So this year I get to be the ghost, you know, of the fort. Um, but that's a lot of fun because there's prizes in the end, but you bring your family out. Uh, we had a group of 20 come last year from Sioux Falls to do it. And they were groups of five and they were competing against each other. Loser had to buy supper, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we have that. We also do classes where we do like Victorian etiquettes. We do like mourning in the Victorian era. Um, my people dress up in costumes. Um, once a month, we actually have some kind of reenactment where, you know, you can go talk to like the the doctor's wife and find out what it was like for a lady. In the, and, and she'll be in the building and you can talk to her and she does not break character. It's actually a lot of fun to listen to. Um, and so you can talk to her. And it's funny because you'll be like, well, how did you die? And she's like, I'm dead. I didn't know I yeah. died. Do you know how yeah. I died? And like, <laughs> she's yeah. Cause she's like, she doesn't know she's dead. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we have that. Um, we have a murder mystery dinner theater that we put on again. It's a fundraiser for the fort. Um, this year we're doing 1920s. So we'll talk about the WPA and our murder mystery and everybody is an actor or an actress that so you get a character. And yeah, we do a lot of fun things here at the Fort Sisseton. Um, again, we do tours every day, uh, three times a day. So for those who are big history buffs, um, if you are one, though, that really wants to get some good detailed history, we will do a private one. Um, I had one tour one time take four hours because we talked history the whole entire time. Um, and I never complained once about that. So <laughs> this, this might make it 14 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so, yeah, so we do have a lot of different for those history buffs. We have events for family members. You know, the festival is huge. We have our harvest festival where we bring in the old tractors, harvest things with horses, which is great for kids to run around. Um, Probably one of my favorites is the Christmas event where we do an 1860s Christmas. Oh, it's gorgeous. We have our reenactors. You get to do sleigh rides. You do bells and Roasted chestnuts. We had a guy last year drive almost two hours just because he heard we do roasted chestnuts on an open fire. <laughs> and it made right. his day. And it was so right. cute because he was probably about 86 years old. And that's all he ever wanted was roasted chestnuts. So, um, but that one yeah. is really amazing to me. It's one of my favorite things that anything in tourism happens in the winter because it it's so, you know, it, 
it when you get to the holidays and you're looking for things like traditions and to do with your own family and that one just like for some reason really struck a chord with me because i went when i worked for tourism way back when and then when i think my, when charlie was about six or seven i took melissa and her and it was super cold that year and but we had so much fun and it was just like one of these things like and i remember my wife going how would people not come back and just do this as one of their traditions every year like you know, it's worth driving four hours in a blizzard to do this because it's so amazing. <laughs> and it really is because it's it's where Christmas came from and, and what it means. Exactly. And, and it exactly. really is right on the dot. That one is so cool. Exactly. And I think that's what's so much fun about it. I mean, we light the tree up with real candles in mm-hmm. historical buildings. Now, granted, as the historian <laughs> in me, it drives me nuts. But I, you can't. There's just something about it, watching that tree and realizing that this is what our grandparents did, our great grandparents, you know, and then you walk in and we had that fresh cut tree smell and the boughs in the windows. It makes you go just like I said, you you wish you kind of lived back in the 1800s during that time. You know, um, granted, I would want my flush toilets, my running water and, you know, but (laughs) but yeah, I the. And and so many people have never taken a sleigh ride. I mean, we've done wagon rides, but not the right. actual sleigh rides with the bells. And 90% of the time, it's snowing that, that day. So that's even prettier. <laughs> I think that's 90% of the days. Of course, it's <laughs> Sometimes. <finale. laughs> yeah, I got to love the fart. <laughs> yeah, it. go ahead. I was going to say, I just have to give a quick shout out to Allie. I might butcher the terminology, but this past year, I believe you won our uh, Innovative Program Award. And if no one was listening for the last five minutes, uh, you're going to have no idea how, because I mean, this is, these are the most unique things that we have. I mean, in South Dakota whole, I mean, it's, this is as cool as it gets. And and again, I'm kind of stressing this enough. This is such a unique opportunity that we have that I think a lot of people still don't know about. And hopefully now you do. I hope they do because, well, thank you. Yes, I did win that award and it. I won't lie. It was a shock. I was like, oh, oh. And then I saw pictures. I was like, yeah, those are crazy events. But you know what, though? <laughs> That's the fun part because they're different. They're unique. They're a li- There's something for everybody. And that was kind of the whole point of all the events that we do is we want you to at least come once a year minimum to the fort to one of our fun events. And yes, you're right. You might not be into ghosts, but maybe you're into that murder mystery. Maybe you're into Clue. Uh, maybe you're into sleigh rides, you know, and at least there's something for everybody that we have. And that is our goal when we do our events here at the fort is to teach history, have fun with history. Because a lot of people, when they think history, they think of their high school history teacher who shoved dates and years in your head. You know, we, <laughs> And so we want you to have fun at the same time and enjoy the fort and enjoy this very unique park that honestly almost was destroyed and never, ever created. We were not. Yeah, we were not supposed to be here. Uh, The state was going to tear us down in 1959 and just flatten us. And so that's, again, some fun history that's great out there. So and we have a little bit of everything. I think, Allie, um, you know, you've also done stuff it's always it's always you know technology will make things better and technology will make you know people will find us that way and you've done something amazing with your app that i mean you're on it all the time putting out (laughs) new content you know and it's hard to do stuff every week i mean it's hard to do stuff every two weeks this podcast is a is a great example of 
of, you know, you go and you do it for a while and you get this great burst of energy and then you run out of ideas. But mm-hmm. tell the people what you've done with some of your social media and especially like your your app and some of that. Yeah. So social media, we do like Fun Fact Friday. Um, usually right. every Friday we have a fun fact. Um, and it's not just Fort Sussex, it's Marshall County. It might be Northeast South Dakota. Um, usually Fort Sussex is tied in some way, shape and form. The only time we don't get one out is if we're not open on Fridays or because right. we had all these blizzards this last how many months. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you guys want to see my messy house. Um, <laughs> so, but that's a fun one. Our Facebook, we try to stay busy with just fun things. You know, again, I think unique history is the fun history that everybody remembers. Um, and then our social, then we have our app. And what's really cool about our app is it's great for teachers because it has educational stuff on it. It's great for those family researchers because it has genealogy on it. It has audio tours. So we've had people drive across South Dakota just listening to our audio tour of the fort. Um, it has GPS located tours. So if you're here at the fort, we have what we call hidden gems. And when you get close to that spot, it will say hidden gem. And it might be showing you the signatures that are engraved on our wall of a building that you probably would have missed. Um, so we keep that busy. Um, it's an interactive map showing you the fort and how to get around. Um, but what's really neat about our app is that you can use it anywhere. So like we have people in Ireland and in, in England who use the app to learn about Fort Sisseton and they stay on top of things. Um, family members who are military stationed in other places who go on the app just to kind of keep updated or to learn something. Um, we have QR code tours also on the app. Um, and in fact, we're actually redoing, you won't believe this, we're redoing our app right now just to get a, a fresh look and everything like that. So uh, you can also find Fun Fact Fridays on our app. Um, and then we are working also on getting artifacts up on the app that are unique. Um, when we started restoration two years ago on the commanding officers, we found a Bible from one of the soldiers, first soldiers here at the fort that somehow got lost or something. And in front, in the very front of it is inscribed by his mother who handed him his Bible as he was being marched off to Fort Sisson. And, you know, our fun artifacts like that, that has unique stories. Um, and, and for educators, what's neat is in fourth grade history, you learn about Fort Sisseton. So on the app, you can now take a 3D tour of our buildings and take a look at it because maybe you're in West River and you'll never get to Fort Sisseton with your class. But guess what? You can at least go see Fort Sisseton and take, give them a tour, click on the artifacts and learn more history as you do it, which is kind of cool right. too. So, so yeah. I, I'm a big fun fact Friday guy. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> and and you guys put so much effort and joy and, and, you know, you can, it comes through that even if it's just like this, you know, obscure fun fact you guys do a great job of with the excitement and the you know like this is where we found it and guess what you know so yeah well, thank you we like i said we love doing it we you're gonna laugh at us it's friday morning is when we figure out what our fun fact friday is right. and it's hilarious because at eight o'clock in the morning we're sitting at our meeting going what should we do from fun fact friday and it's so much fun listening to all this knowledge that employees have gained over the years just working here and research, you know, I really encourage people to stop and read and research as employees. And you're right. They, they, they take it and they run with it. And it's yeah. so much fun to listen to them. And yeah, we have a good time with our fun fact Friday. We have a good time with history. We just love history right. here. So. 
it, so Allie, that that app, how do I how do I get that on my phone? I go to my I go to my app store. What what am I looking for? What what do I download? So, yeah, so you go to your app store, either your Google or your Apple, and you actually just type in Fort Sisseton, and it will say Fort Sisseton Historic State Park Guide. Uh, download that, um, and you can do you can download it without internet access, or I mean, not sorry, Wi-Fi access. Um, and then once you get there on the front page, you'll see the thing that says tour, fun fact Fridays, information. Um, it's We try to keep it as friendly as we could. Um, and then from there, you can go ahead and click on it. Now, what's kind of cool about our tours is, again, you don't have to actually be here. Um, you can listen to it or you can read about it um, either way. Um, if you're here, you just get those hidden gems. That's kind of nice part. Um, another thing that's fun to do on there is um, you can actually take the challenge to become a general. And if you can pass every, or colonel, sorry. And if you can pass every single question, then you can become a colonel and we have badges for you and everything like that here at the fort. So um, that's another fun game, uh, fun thing to do. Uh, adults and kids actually do that a lot of time when they're here too. So, um, but yeah, just download the fort, type in Fort Sisseton and it should pop right up. What's really cool about this app, though, is if you do not have a phone, you can actually have access on the Internet, which is oh. also very nice. So type in Fort Sisseton mobile app and it will pop up also so you can listen to it on your computer. That's that's awesome. Uh, and again, I, I mean, this last 10, 15 minutes, just talking about all the types of things out there, even again, even if you're never going to get to the fort, you can still get to experience this through through this app, through through that website. I mean, I, I just I think what everything you guys do up there is just absolutely awesome. So I, I just have to say that and, and get that out there for you guys. Well, thank you. And like I said, I, I have to give credit to my team. My I have an awesome team and they they're great because in May they take and they run with new projects and new things. And again, their goal is just like mine. We want to make everybody to come to the fort at least once, hopefully in their lifetime or at least once a year with some of the cool events that we have going on um, or keeping them updated through the app and social media, which, you know, a lot of people may not be able to get here, but at least they can feel like they're part of the fort. Because here's the thing about Fort Sisseton, you know, um, we belong to everybody in South Dakota. We, we, we belong to them. We belong to the world. We, we have everybody's history here. And so it is, yes, we're in charge of it. Yes, we're in the sense that we take care of it. But, you know, we're here for the people. And that's the big thing when it comes to history. So Cool stuff. Allie, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Just down the road from you is another one of my favorite places, a place where I grew up and ran around and did a bunch of stuff. And that's uh, Shicha Hollow State Park. I called it Sichi Hollow our whole lives, you know, being a local or Sichi Hollow my whole life. Uh, I actually have a ghost story from there. Oh, let's hear this one. So we and Nick's looking at me like, are, are, is this OK for radio? And it kind of is. So we were in we were in I think we were out of high school, but we would go to Sichi. I'm going to use that pronunciation because that's what we use. Sichi Hollow. Um, and we would go and hang out in the evenings there. Let's just put it that way. Right. <laughs> Right. We we would go and uh, let's just be honest, we would party there. And um, one of my friends got a vehicle stuck um, in some snow and he lives fairly close by. And I'm going to try not to give up his name, but anybody who knows me probably knows who this, certainly knows who this person is. I'm I'm sure I do too. Yes, I'm sure you do. (laughs) 
And he was going to walk and go get a truck and pull out this other truck. And so he took off and we were all sitting around and we could hear him yelling. And like, clearly it was him yelling, but it was from the completely wrong direction, like up the hollow and like up the creek. And we're like, no, that's really weird. So a couple of us walked a ways and we could hear and we could hear him yelling and then we could hear him like maniacally cackling and we were like "Mm." so we turned around and came back down and then we were sitting there and like from right where we were hearing him yell you we heard like this crazy pack of coyotes and we're like what in the world and it wasn't five minutes later he came pulling around the corner with his pickup now granted we were hearing him yell very clearly it was his voice from the wrong direction and five minutes later he came driving in with his car or with his pickup and we were all just kind of like, yeah, I don't think we need to be here for a while. So we like packed up our stuff and left. So. <laughs> yes, that that place does have a lot of stories. Um, right. You they, know, from, go ahead. They, sorry. Well, I would know you're good because at the bog in 1970, there was a group of like 10 hikers who actually went missing and they've never seen any trace of them ever. They sent search parties to find them and right. never found a trace. Like Bigfoot um, and, and Bigfoot Sasquatch, yeah. Top, the top hat, the tall man, the stick man, all that stuff. Is, <laughs> hollow, man. It, yeah, there's a lot of legends that go along with that place. I know when you go hiking, it's a very unique place, just geographically and and, and what it is. And but the thing with the hollow is when you go hiking, and I'm not talking about on the main trail, but on some of the back horse trails, it's very eerily quiet. And yes, you don't hear the yeah. birds. You don't yeah. hear deer or turkeys. It's just pure silence. There's no air of movement. It, it's a very unique place. Um, we took a night hike out there with a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I was the one that got left behind at the bottom of the hollow with the fire with the fire and nobody else and everybody's up on the hike. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So of course your imagination is going 500 miles an hour, you know, and you hear things, but again, there was unique noises that I don't know what they were. And I'm like, I'm glad I have a fire by me. (laughs) And then finally the CEO showed up and I felt a little bit better because I had company and stuff like that. But the hollow is um, a very unique one that has a lot of different stories. Even the soldiers, uh, the soldiers from the fort would go there to get water when we had drought season. And they even stated that unique things would happen at the fort. And there's supposedly buried treasure there. Um, yeah. And and have you ever heard the story of the fake gold rush? Is that when they, everybody went there to dig and stuff? Is that? Yeah. The... So they like some of the, the, you know, these community leaders of Sisseton went to Sichi hollow and took, like gold dust and put them in shotgun shells and shot uh-huh. it into the side of a hill and tried to create like a fake gold rush. Oh my goodness. And like, so I heard that when I was a kid in just like oral storytelling. And then when I went and like tried to follow up with it in college, because I wanted to do a story on it. And like, I got a little ways with some, with some family names. And then once I tried to start digging, like I totally got shut down. Like totally, no, no, that never happened. And I'm like, no, I've heard the story enough that, it, and I, you know, if you do research, you don't really see anything on it. 
like in the newspapers or anything. Sure, but like, sure. it was one of those things where I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that I heard this enough that somebody should know about it. But yeah, they tried to create a fake gold rush. You know, actually, now that you mentioned it, I do kind of remember it. Um, and people were using it to take the land away from those who right. have a tribal. Yep. Yeah, I actually, there was somebody here last year who brought that up because they were, um, it was somebody from the tribe. They were talking about it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's truth to that one too. Yep. Yeah, see, Hollow has a lot, like I said, a lot of interesting history with it. I mean, there is counts of it glowing green. Oh yeah, for um, sure. And, and 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 so a lot of the locals were very nervous to go there during the when it was glowing green and stuff like that. Now today, scientifically, we know it was the gases being released from the bogs and stuff like that. Sure. But back then, they didn't know. And the water boil bubbles red because there's seven natural springs in that place and it bubbles up red. And today we know it was iron, but back then they didn't. And so they thought it was like the blood of their ancestors blow, coming out right. of the ground and, and stuff. So, and then of course it, there's a cemetery there, which is the Roy family. And the Roy family was the French fur traders who married into the Sisseton tribe. And their cemetery is actually at CT. CT I call it CT just for everybody's right. sake right now. Okay. But yeah, um, at the hollow. And so, and again, it's it's very fascinating because on one side of their graves, it's English. And the other side, it is uh, it is in the Dakota language. Yep. And so, yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. And I, I will say I've been at, at, at the fort at night and never felt scared. I've been in CT Hollow and been scared out of my gourd. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, two different experiences, both very cool. You know, and Sichi is one of the most pretty places in, in the country. It really is. It's kind of out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, it's right there. And exactly. uh, very beautiful during the days can be scary as hell at night. So. <laughs> exactly. And and I that's the thing with ghosts, you guys, is, you know, going back to the ghosts is uh, here at the fort, I've never been scared, you know, except for that first time three weeks right. into my job and all of a sudden I have a ghost standing behind me. But, you know, ever <laughs> since then, it, I'm just used to it. You know, I walk these buildings at night with no flashlight and I ran into a few th ghosts and myself, you know, but they don't scare me. They're just here. They're not mean ghosts. Um, right. But at the hollow, it's, I don't know. It's a different, different feeling atmos yep. atmosphere. So like I said, we're, 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 as I tell everybody, we're happy ghosts here at the fort. Right. <laughs> and so don't take them off. But they're happy ghosts. No, <laughs> that, that's exactly how I like all my ghosts. Happy, <laughs> happy ghosts. <laughs> but I mean, it's just kind of a different, different type of haunting, then, right, Allie? Because if if my memory is correct, Sichi means evil or bad place, correct? Yeah. It was, and it, so I mean, just different type of ghosts experience presence. Is that kind of the way to put it? I would say that's probably the way to put it. Yes, it's a different kind of presence. Um, and I think the ghosts here just the. They like what we're doing with the restoration. They're happy to see people here. Um, I think they get tired of seeing my face every day, you know, <laughs> all year long. But, you know, they they know we're here um, and they like what we do. And I think they just like to visit people versus, yeah, like you said, it's a different atmosphere. It's just a, and it's the type of ghosts that we have and, and kind of spirits. And also, I think it kind of brings uh, when you visit it, I think it's also your own perspective, too, in the sense of if you come looking for a mean ghost, maybe you'll find one, I guess. But, you know, or if yeah. you come to provoke them, that's going to be a different story versus us who are like, hey, how's it going? You know, kind of just daily chat kind of thing. So. Well, I, I got to give a shout out to Jason, too. If I could get a ghost to call me a good guy, I mean, I think that would be like the shining moment of my life. I mean, talk about an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, I 
I looked and it's actually recorded. So I should get you guys that recording. Um, it's, it was crazy. Cause I guess the look on my face, they said they, they wish they had it on video because when they're like, Jason, your husband. And I'm like, I've never claimed Jason to be my husband. What the heck? And then of course my mind is going, Oh, please don't start naming my children too. You know, yeah, granted, yeah. we live here, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's weird. You know, crazy and so different than before. And yeah, yeah, that one, that was probably the one that I didn't scare me, but it was just could not wrap my mind around it. And so, and in fact, actually, um, if you ever get to go on a ghost tour, I guess they like following me is what I was told by the investigators. So, you know, hop on board with me and we'll, we'll have some kind of experience. <laughs> Who knows what? So, yeah. Yikes. yeah, actually my favorite though was they asked if they, do you like what's going on at the fort? They said, yes. And like, who's your favorite tour guide? And they're like, Allie. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on my next employee appointment review. <laughs> Allie's yeah. right name. Three yeah, ghosts, like, little yeah. boy, woman in white, and Buffalo soldier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How do I put? How do I put you down for a reference? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, What's your social security number. One. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, Allie, this has been cool. This is a little bit different than anything that we've ever done, and we wanted to start with you on the on the park side and and really start doing these deep dives in some of the parks, and, and it's an obvious reason why. Um, this is awesome and i think we're probably going to have to do something in october and come up and, and do the either i know nick yeah. wants to Can do the ghost investigation <laughs> yeah yeah please do and you know like i said we only hit three ghosts you know we get every year by october i'll have new ghost stories for this year so there you go so right on i'm glad we have a steady supply of ghost stories right I mean, that's yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's an important part of your job i assume <laughs> it, is, it is now it is now who would have thought right who would have right. thought right. <laughs> But Must Allie, be a ghost thank investigator. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, dude. We appreciate it. I hope I hope that uh, you get dug out and, and everything and, and spring comes and you have an awesome summer. I know you will. You'll have people coming in and enjoying the heck out of your park because you and your staff do an awesome job. So yep. Well, thank you very much, you guys, for letting me come. And I'd love to tell you more ghost stories sometime. And Nick, you better come out for an investigation. Oh, please. I'm going to. Okay, sounds great. I'm planning on Lord it. Lord and Allie Tonsfeld, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, you guys. Probably in my car. It's another long day. Very short life. It's another long day. The time thinking's over. It's another long day. Very short life. It's another long day. All right. Good stuff from... Allie Tonsfeld, and and I think you could feel the energy coming off of Nick. He would have talked about that for six, seven hours. So um, good stuff, a little bit interesting. Totally encourage you if you get the chance to go up to Fort Siston, even if you want to fish for a couple days and just spend a few hours there, uh, it's, it's worth it. It's cool stuff, living history, but it's also just the energy there and, and everything is really, really cool. And, and uh, it's just, they, they do, like I said, awesome events. But I encourage you to go. Um, it, like I said, spring, got fishing going on, turkey hunts going on, full blast, and seeing some pictures of some nice gobblers being taken. So get out and enjoy that. Uh, fish are biting. Um, you know, paddlefish season down at uh, down at Fort Thompson is going. I uh, haven't really seen much of anything yet. Um, so that should probably start picking up. Morel mushroom hunting 
is going, you know, so if you've got any of that in your area, get out and enjoy that. Um, you know, maybe it's time if you got those four-legged critters to get your flea and tick spray on them. I got our first wood ticks on my dog when we were fishing the other day. So get out, enjoy it, because uh, these next couple months, man, this is uh, what South Dakota, it's the best that we have to offer in the outdoors. So get out, enjoy it, have some fun. If you catch something cool or have a cool memory, you know, share it on social media with uh, SD in the field. Share it on our social media pages, and uh, we'll give you a big shout-out. So thanks again for listening. Till next time. I've been down blind just passed by without seeing how to me. I've been down blind just passed by without seeing by to me. More than my battery's dead Then it's back to my place where Privacy feels dark It's another long day Very short life It's another long day When the time to think it's over It's another long day Very short life Just to charge